Welcome to Rudderless, the podcast where two strangers give you completely unqualified advice. This is Ty, and I'm here with Nathan. Like, if there's anything else you want me to say or a different tone you want me to have or whatever. Did you take a chastising tone? What? Did you take a chastising tone? Because that might be a good angle. No, I I didn't try that one. Let's do some promos with the tone of chastisement. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at Stella, so I, I was trying to have like a friendly, warm tone. So I looked oh, at Stella. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I can try chastising next time. Yeah. Let's see okay. what you've got and then we'll check it out. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So, uh, <laughs> you know what would be nice for the sound quality? What, is 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 like yeah if you didn't do like minor construction in the background mm. that's my coke zero so <clears throat> what when i used to drink uh whiskey at night but i needed caffeine in the morning but i didn't want like something hot i would drink a coke zero and for some reason i went to chipotle today and their iced tea they don't make iced tea anymore because they have to make a huge batch and it'll get full of COVID and all that shit. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. You have to get something out of the, I'm sure, very sanitary uh, fountain drink. <laughs> Great. So I'm looking at it and thinking, Ugh, well, I paid for it, so I'm not just going to get water or soda water. Their lemonade is just syrup. You know, it's not, there's no lemons in it. And then I see... <laughs> Refreshing, all natural, just as God made it, Coke Zero. (laughs) I'm drinking a Coke Zero, and I'm not feeling any shame about it whatsoever. What is a Coke Zero? Like, what is the Zero? It's supposed, I think it's supposed to, listeners, let us know. I think it's supposed to taste like a Coke, but be a Diet Coke, right? Okay, but But it still has has a different flavor from Coke. Okay. Coke Zero is no calories, but it's supposed to taste like a Coke. And of course, it still doesn't. So it's its own like third bastardization of something or other. But I don't know. Fuck it. It's got caffeine. I'm thinking it's it's free, even though I paid for it. Yeah. All right. Well, I have no feedback on that. Hmm. I think people should, you know drink whatever they feel like drinking at the moment or maybe not it's so permissive it's very encouraging yeah um yeah this is the feel good podcast the uh we'll give you permission to make terrible mistakes with your life podcast yeah welcome to rudderless the diy podcast just do it your way you want to drink a coke zero drink a coke zero i don't give a shit What's your first instinct? What's your last option? Go somewhere in between those two. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you want a question? I do. I've been waiting all day for a question. Okay, great. How do you talk to a friend who's been sucked into an MLM and or bought into a conspiracy theory? 
QAnon believers are both brainwashed by a cult and have an addiction. And how do you even? I mean, I think they I think I omitted a word. They seem both brainwashed by a cult and have an addiction. Can you define MLM for me? Oh yeah, multi-level marketing. Is that so, like Amway? Yeah, that's like Amway or like um there are a bunch of essential oil ones. And once people get into these MLMs, it seems like, I mean, from my experience, it's all they'll talk about. And anytime you mention like COVID or virus or literally anything, they'll be like, oh, I take, um, I take silver. Yeah. Well, yeah, that or the, the essential oil people will be like, I take a blend of like eucalyptus and pine whatever and they actually ingest it and they believe that Mm -hmm. essential oils will heal all i know this one i like there's a i can't think of the name of the company but they make they make an oil blend called thieves oh yeah i know that one young living yeah yeah that's all that kind of okay i got you mlm yeah right yeah so when your friend gets sucked into an MLM and suddenly um, they are giving you all this unwanted advice about like not vaccinating your children and just giving them thieves blend antiviral essential oil instead, or if they bought into a conspiracy theory, how do how do you deal with that? So I have to agree that um, MLMs are very culty and. People in cults seem to have an addiction to the cult. And also there's, I mean, part of what defines a cult is kind of a abusive relationship between the leader and the followers. It's a, there's a power imbalance for sure. Yeah. At the very least, right? Oh yeah, definitely a power imbalance and the person is, the person in charge is taking full advantage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how do you talk to a friend who's been sucked into one of these things? Any ideas? Man, I'm all for just like letting people wild out with their bullshit and yeah, let them have it. Like yeah, I don't care. You know what? If whatever, you know, Joe Biden is a Satanist pedophile. Sure. You know, like, I, <laughs> who am I to dissuade you? You know, yeah, you read yeah. It on Facebook, it's got to be true. It was on there. You read it with your own eyes. Like, I'm not going to say anything that's going to convince you of anything. And um, truth doesn't matter. So have at it. Yeah, I have that attitude <laughs> sometimes too. I think it depends on like the degree of how close you were to this person before and how destructive whatever they're in is to their life if they're still allowed to talk to you then i would say just kind of be on the periphery of their life you don't have to agree with anything they say and you can say things like i don't think of it that way or i'm not sure that's accurate whatever stuff like that you can like stand your ground with your own beliefs without believing their beliefs and still stay friends if you get something out of the relationship. If not, 
you know, just like see on the other side, like I'll be here if you get out or I don't want to discuss essential oils with you, but I love the rest of our relationship. Right. That smells great. Does it cure cancer? I don't know. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, it's, it's fully okay in my view to have friends and not entertain all of their bullshit. Yeah. Like, like I don't expect my, but yeah. yeah. I don't expect my friends to listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like I would like them to, it would be like generous of them and their time and energy and whatever, but it's like my hobby, you know, and I don't expect my friends to come with me on all my hobbies or hear me talk about all my hobbies all the time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say like, I actually, um, I, dated someone who was in a cult at the time Mm -hmm. and I don't know it wasn't it was it was kind of I mean obviously it was weird to watch um and I think I just encouraged her to trust her own instincts and not believe everything they were telling her and eventually she got out were there any perks um no there were no perks no i mean perks other than dating someone who's in actively involved in a cult no in your experience i mean she was she was um she was great like she had her own perks but the cult aspect did not come with any perks that was more like hmm. you know she'd go away on the weekend and for these conferences or whatever and then um be really distressed during it and so there was a lot of like talking you know like I would get a phone call and she could only talk for like 10 minutes or something like that and she'd be like I'm really uncomfortable here and I'm like you don't have to be there you can you can leave so was she in was she into this when you met her or is this something that developed after she she was but like it wasn't it wasn't like one of the worst cults I've you know I was raised in a religious cult so I um to me some of these other cults are not the most dangerous or like the most terrible and she it's not like she was completely brainwashed by it it was like a way she was trying to you know figure herself out and like figure her life out and become a better person Mm-hmm. So a lot of the personal growth cults are, you know, target people who have really great intentions of wanting to live a better life than they currently do. Yeah, um, totally. So cults. Like yeah. Baptists. Yeah. It was, it wasn't like one of the first things I learned about her. It was, it came up later and then she was like, Oh, my ex calls it a cult. And I was like, nah. I mean, it's not it's not a cult that's cutting you off from your friends and family so in my mind that's not the absolute worst and also they're not i mean it it definitely wasn't good for her but it it wasn't like a lot of people think that cults are only about like destruction and end of days and that's not the case so why would you consider this one a cult oh they 
really hook people in. They use mental, you know, belief control techniques. They, Steve Hassan has something called the BITE model, which stands for behavioral control, information control. Um, what is the T? And who's that that you just said, Steve? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've recommended one of his books before, Combating Cult Mind Control. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he was He's actually in a book. Yeah. yeah, and um, he was actually in the Moonies, like in the 70s. <laughs> That's so funny. Is... That was like around my household when I was growing up. That was like the pejorative term of the day. Oh. Anybody who was kind of loopy or, oh, wow. or spinning off the planet, it would just be like, yeah. oh, well, those Moonies. Oh wow, that's so funny. Yeah. Um yeah, I yeah. Think that term as like um that's a crazy person way before I knew what it was actually derived from. Wow. Mm -hmm. Huh. Well, yeah, I think um, a lot of people nowadays wouldn't know what a Mooney is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he was in the Moonies and he got out and got a degree in counseling or something and helps people understand cults he has a cult information center yeah i think mlms are like borderline cults so anyway uh thought control and emotion control are the other parts of the bite model and so not all cults are going to have all those four elements and all those you know each of those elements has their own list of things that could feed into that or be considered that type of control I completely forgot what the question is now, but um, yeah. So the question was something along the lines of how do you talk to someone who's involved in one of these things? Yeah. Um, so, so my ex wasn't trying to get me into it. And I was just like, well, this is, you know, how she's choosing to spend her time. And I'll, um, it wasn't all her time or anything like that. And she didn't talk about it incessantly. So yeah, it wasn't that big of a problem. That's again, a very generous way of, of um, characterizing that, that it's. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to spend her time. Yes. Well, I, <laughs> I tend to be overly generous with people I date mm. and then realize later on down the road, like, Oh, I actually, this thing is not okay with me. And I, you know, was deluding myself that I could be okay with it, that kind of thing. Yeah, that seems pretty common. Seems pretty common in relationships. That yeah. To get some hindsight to be like, well, that was a bunch of bullshit. Right. I, don't know what I was thinking <laughs> with that. Oh my God. Yeah. There was, there was one like particularly terrible one. I don't know if I should actually describe it, but it was it was with a sociopath. And at the time, I was like convinced that I needed to be married to like heal my childhood trauma. Oh wow! Um, See, I thought this, I, I thought this was going to be about me until you said the married part. <laughs> sociopath, yeah, no. up, but married. I know. <laughs> not our story. <laughs> not ours. No. Um, anyway, yeah, it was like after you get into it to a certain extent, like you get into the relationship, it becomes like, Oh wait, like 
now I see who this person is. And at the same time, I'm now in too far to be able to just get out safely without strategizing how to get out safely. So it's like a six week lead up and then realizations start coming. And then like a couple weeks later, I was like, okay, I really need to get out of this. And it took a couple months to get out safely. Yeah. Did you have people in your life um, outside of the relationship who were helpful in that or who recognized? Yeah. Could talk to you about it. Yeah. Yeah. I had a best friend at the time who was, who like met this dude and was like, I don't like him. And I think he's a sociopath. And I was just like, Oh, geez, (laughs) come on. Um, he has cats, so he couldn't be a sociopath, right? Oh, yeah. Cat um, dudes are totally fine. <laughs> Listen, if you ever meet a guy and his main thing is cats, it's golden. He's fine. Just do it. In fact, whatever he said, yeah. no. It's... No, I mean, I, I just thought, like, well, it shows he can, like, care for creatures. So mm-hmm. apparently these exist uh sociopaths who can like physically care for creatures but maybe maybe they can't care about you or other like living creatures on the planet so yeah i mean animals are great for narcissists too because they can't talk back right they need you they depend on you right that's a great point Mm -hmm. i should say that i love cats and I, i love animals it's not uh but yeah, the whole like crazy cat lady thing, it goes both ways. Like there's a reason that that stereotype exists. And there are certain people who, um, I don't know, meet a guy and he's got a ball full of cats. You might want to might want to dig a little deeper first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. And if someone tells you on the second date that they think you should get married, like don't laugh it off as a joke take it as a big red flag yeah that's yeah that's so tough (laughs) (laughs) how do you not laugh that off i don't know comfortability like oh yeah especially if if you're in a place without other people around Mm -hmm. then it's like help like it's (laughs) like they just asked you if they could show you their trunk (laughs) right (laughs) yeah you gotta get out safely first and then and then uh be like no that's not gonna happen yeah so i don't know um you don't have to relate to your friends and family's crazy bullshit beliefs you know take you can take some what do they say like you can take what works for you and leave the rest that goes for anybody in your life you don't have to entertain people's bullshit I agree. I agree. And I think that's like the fourth time we've said that catchphrase on the show. Hmm. Um, That's a theme. Maybe we need (laughs) t-shirts. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you want another question? Yeah, sure. Okay. So an adult was asking how to help her teen cousin who's 13 who came out to her the adult as queer but the cousin lives across the country in a rural area with homophobic parents 
So how do you help this kid? Man, that's, that's a heartbreaker because, well, for so many reasons. The kid's 13, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a horrible age, mm-hmm. no matter what's going on. And I don't care what you say, barely a teenager. I mean, technically yeah. a teenager, but that's a kid. Um, I, I what think do it, you say? What do you think? Yeah, well, I think it's actually pretty similar to my advice about the friend who got sucked into an MLM. Like, just, um, I think for one, having someone to talk to about being queer is wonderful for this kid um so be that person like have regular phone calls or whatever zoom facetime shit with them and be there for them if they need to talk i mean i i think like i'm wondering how much privacy this kid has Mm -hmm. because I think it can be really helpful to have when when you're a queer teenager um, to have like cultural, you know, like books about um, being a queer teenager. So if they're into like YA fiction, find some fiction that has some queer teenagers as characters. And if they're allowed to, I don't know. I imagine these parents as like the worst, like no phone, you know no tv no music that's not like christian approved but probably they're not so i would say like which you say the worst but i i there are people in my orbit who where that is the case for a kid that age no phone oh yeah no music that's secular no you know you have church and school and home and that's it so it's not it's not some unimaginable scenario that's that's a pretty common situation for a kid of that age to be in yeah no i agree i didn't mean the worst as in like super rare like obviously there's uh there are things that could be worse than that Mm -hmm. but um kind of a standard level the worst is just like shutting down your kid's life and trying to have complete control over it so they never get any ideas about how wide and vast and like wonderful the outside world can be so yeah i would say like try to get this teen materials that kind of reflect who they are queer role models on instagram or fucking tiktok or whatever things like that and also just letting them know like if you ever need to get out or you ever need a place to go or whatever um getting kicked out of the house mm-hmm. is way more common for queer teenagers and suicide is also way more common oh yeah for queer teenagers so just letting them know that there is a supportive person who cares about them and also that things like really really do get better once you get older and and also validating that it is a hard time if they come to you and they're like i'm having a hard time just don't try to Pollyanna over that shit just be like yeah you are in a tough situation it makes sense that you would feel this way yeah and at the same time things will get better so like please have hope yeah 13 is a hard time for someone when everything is already stacked in their favor you know Mm -hmm. when you're 
when you are yeah. um, not among that stat- status quo or whatever, um, mm-hmm. it's it's not only hard, it's dangerous for a kid like that. It can be really dangerous for a kid like that. Yeah. So I would say do what you can to protect them, you yeah. know, whatever that that's going to mean. Maybe it's just helping them see the bigger picture until they can get the fuck out of there and get mm-hmm. to civilization, you know, um, or, you know, maybe there's more going on where they're at that they're not aware of as far as support and you can help connect them to that. I don't know, but I would say just try to try to be supportive and protective as much as you can. Yeah, I agree. Also give them the phone number for the Trevor Project. It's a crisis line for queer teenagers. Mm-hmm. That would be good. I know that I, I was reading an article the other day on Julian Baker and how she stayed in or around Memphis. And even though she's queer and the South is not generally thought of as being a very queer friendly place, but she apparently started a youth center or wants to start a youth center or something like that, like a safe place for teenagers to hang out, which I love. I love those places. They usually make me cry when I like hear about them because it's like, oh, wow. Imagine what that would have been like to have a place like that where you could go and like maybe not feel like an alien for an hour a week something there was one in minneapolis right by one of my first apartments in minneapolis and yeah i would go by it and think those same thoughts like that good i would think you know particularly of i've spent some time homeless as a kid and like you said like queer kids just consistently and routinely get kicked out of their homes and so i knew a lot of kids like that Mm -hmm. And they didn't, we didn't have anywhere to go like that, you know? It was just some slightly older kids who had an an apartment, you know, that you could go, you know, eventually get drunk or do drugs at or get creeped on (laughs) by an older person or, you know, there wasn't any safe space like that. So, so those places are rad and, and if they, and if and where they exist, they should be supported and you should try to link people up to them who need them because they do need them. Yeah, definitely. That's all we have today. All right. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> we solved the world's problems. Once again, we solved it. Yeah. Um look at us with like no no expertise no leg to stand on here we go Mm. four legs to stand on (laughs) that's right welcome to rudderless (laughs) the four legs to stand on podcast please send your questions through instagram via dm there's a button on there where you can email us or just email rudderlesspodcast at gmail.com um are you doing the outro? No, I'm just rambling. I'm going to cut all this shit out later. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Um, Did you think I was taking your job? No, I didn't. Oh. Um, um, yeah, that's... I, don't know. I forgot. 
I I needed advice. Oh, I need advice. Okay. Okay, hold on. I gotta make a okay. little note to go in and clean up all this bullshit at 30 minutes. Okay. All right. Okay. So um I was in a Facebook group and someone asked, What is your scariest camping experience? Mm-hmm. And um So I thought it was a fun question. So I took my reply and I posted it. I posted my own reply just like as a conversation starter on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then when the only a few people answered and um, like a lot less than I thought. And I was like okay, was there something off about my post? And then when I looked at it and reread it and reread some of the responses, like, I am so sorry that happened, you know, like really, um, really serious, somber responses. I was like, oh, this post is not doing the job that I thought it was going to do with like opening up a fun, hilarious, like, scary camping stories conversation instead i think my post was like too extra like creepy or something like that so and this is a situation i find myself in a lot whether i realize it or not where like say people are standing around in the before days before covid and they're like oh what was the worst christmas present you ever got and (laughs) I'm like, I got a knife, a deer skinning knife from my dad right after I got out of the mental hospital for cutting. Mm. And like that, that kills the conversation. Um, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so it's like this thing where it's like, either I can participate and tell the truth and like, make everyone go silent with like, I don't know what I, I mean, I really don't know why they go silent but i imagine it's like shock horror i definitely killed the vibe so either i can do that or i can just stay silent and then i feel like my experiences are like too much for everyone mm-hmm. i can relate to basically that. either way yeah so how do i like how do i recognize those things before i post them so i was working in this vegan kind of deli place where every day they would make a huge, delicious meal for us, for, for the workers, like all 10 of us or whatever. And you would sit down and we would eat. And it wasn't really like a big chatting time because people take mm-hmm. a break from work, but we are all pretty much sitting around a big table. And every once in a while, uh, someone would throw out an idea or a topic or something. And I, it was something like that where it was very innocuous I can't even remember what the question was, but I remember I just chirped in like, yeah, well, you know, a lot of survivors of trauma, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Everybody just like turned and looked at me with their mouths full of like vegan burrito or whatever. (laughs) So it's like the same shit. It's like, (laughs) um... yeah. (laughs) So so hideously inappropriate for the lighthearted conversation <laughs> that everyone yeah. thought that they were having. 
right to say, okay i sure as fuck don't know but i think that if you're listening and you have an idea you should let us know yeah because i want to connect with people but apparently i can't mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah well hey high five um, to not being able to connect yeah. with people <laughs> okay <laughs> great <laughs> all right uh yeah if you have any tips for me send them in all right thanks thank you bye thanks for listening to rudderless if you like our podcast and you want to help us out you can rate and review on itunes or wherever you listen you can also send us your questions we really want to hear from you the weirder the better and you can get those to us on Instagram at Rudderless Podcast or by email at rudderlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to leave us a voice message, you can do that at anchor.fm slash rudderless. You can also contribute to our better audio fund there if you are so inclined. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in a week or so. Bye.